listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. How do you rise above? You rise above by letting go of, you know, what my expectations were and how I thought things should be and maybe what I wanted and accepting what is. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hello, friends. Thanks so much for joining me this week. You know, I cannot believe that we are already at the end of June. Summer is in full swing, and I so hope that you are enjoying lots of family time outdoors. You know, for my son, John Alex, and myself, we love nothing more than being outside this time of year. And so I hope that you and your family are having some great time together. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you have missed some of our previous episodes, Summer is a great time to catch up. We have heard from some amazing families this year with such beautiful stories. And I hope that you'll go back and check out some of our previous episodes because I know you will be encouraged by the stories that you hear. Now, my guest today is Jennifer Kiesling. And Jennifer is a solo parent to two amazing daughters, Brenna and Junie. Junie is 16 and has multiple special needs. Jennifer works full-time as a preschool education teacher in Kentucky, and we had such a sweet and encouraging conversation, and I know that you will enjoy getting to meet my friend, Jennifer Kiesling. Hey, Jennifer, how are you today? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I am so good. I'm so glad that you are joining me today on the podcast, and I am excited to have this conversation because I've known you virtually here for a little bit uh, through different groups and whatnot. But this is the first time I'm getting to know more about your story. So I'm excited about that. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I've been really blessed by the podcast. So I'm, I'm honored and humbled to, to be here and be on this one. Well, I'm glad it worked out for you to get to be with us. And, uh, you know, as we get started, just tell us a little bit about you and your girls, where you live, what you do. Um, just those those things that our listeners are just waiting to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's me. I'm a solo parent. Um, I have two girls. My oldest is 20 and um, my youngest is 16. My youngest daughter um, is our child who has special needs. Um, I'm a teacher, so I work full time, but luckily it's summer break. So that's yeah. why I have the opportunity to be able to, to be here and, and be on the podcast because usually that's kind of a challenge mm-hmm. for us. Um. We live in Kentucky. I can't remember if I said that already or not. That's great. Well, now I know that your daughters came to you through adoption. So share a little bit about that journey and how your girls came into your family. Yes. So both of my girls were adopted from China um, when they were, both of them were almost two years old uh, at separate times. They were about four years apart. Um, When my first daughter was adopted, it was kind of at the height of the Chinese adoptions, and um, things happened very quickly. And so we were able to, um, from the time that we um, put in all of her paperwork to the time that we held her in our arms was right at a year. And she was home with us for about a year, and then we decided we wanted to go back and and adopt a sibling. And by that time, things had changed dramatically. Um, The wait time had um, gotten much longer, so we put in our paperwork, and we waited, and um, we got three years into our wait, and it was indefinite, and so at that point in time, we started looking into special needs adoption, 
and um, filled out the paperwork for special needs adoption. Um, and within a week of filling out that paperwork, um, got Junie's picture, got her information. And within two months, we were in China adopting wow. her and, and wow. bringing her home. Well, that was one of my questions. I was wondering if you knew about Junie's special needs before the adoption. And so y- you did. We, well, we knew about her visual impairment. So Junie um, has congenital glaucoma, um, which it, it leads to legal blindness. So we knew that she had glaucoma. Uh, we expected that she would have some delays um, just based on her age, the fact that we knew that she had had surgery in China, we knew that she'd been in the hospital in China. And from our experiences with our older daughter, who also just had some delays just from you know being in an orphanage and not having that family background and stimulation. Um, so we we were expecting speech therapy and occupational therapy, and obviously, you know, finding out what we needed to find out about her visual condition. Um, all of her other needs sort of came along mm, later. Gotcha. Well, so how do her disabilities impact her life today? She's 16 years old, right? Yes, she's so just how, turned 16. Wow. So how do, how do they impact her daily daily life? They impact all aspects of her life and our life. So mm-hmm. in addition to the congenital glaucoma, um, her vision is very, very limited she also has been diagnosed with autism, um, level three. Um, she has OCD, which impacts her significantly, um, ADHD, uh, mild intellectual disability. And then um, just recently, um, she's been diagnosed with what's called misophonia, um, which is an auditory processing mm-hmm. um, disorder that causes her to be um, hypervigilant to sounds and causes a fight or flight response wow. to very specific sounds um, that are unavoidable, such as people breathing, um, people wow. sniffling or throat clearing, any of those kinds of things. And so that's been um, a big part of our journey this last year, trying to learn how to um, get her some strategies for coping with that. And it has really um, impacted our, our lives and her life and her ability to um, be able to enjoy some of the things that she used mm-hmm. to enjoy and to be able to, to function um, out in the community and at school and at home. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, like, so sniffling and just those sounds that are breathing, that people, that's happening all the time, all yes. around you. Yes. That that impacts her. And so. Yes. And it's also then taken over to like, she has certain activities or certain things that she would really enjoy like playing with shaving cream or putting um, toys in a Ziploc bag. Mm -hmm. And she can't do those things anymore because then it's carried over to, I can't stand the sound of the shaving cream. I can't stand the sound of the Ziploc bag. I can't handle the sound of a newspaper or some things that she really Mm -hmm. um, would bring her a lot of joy. And so now she struggles to be able to find enjoyment in those things. So does that keep you at home a lot then to try to minimize that? It it keeps us home a lot more. I mean, we've always been at home. (laughs) Um, right. For the most part, our lives are, are lived within our four walls, um, but it definitely has made um, things a lot more challenging, and we've just had to come up with some new strategies mm-hmm. um, for helping her through this yeah. time. Yeah. Well, when you look at her life, she's 16 now. What is it about Junie that you love the most? Oh, that's such a tough question because there are so many things, but um, when I was thinking about it, really, it's her smile. Junie mm-hmm. has the most beautiful smile. And to see her smile brings so much joy to my heart because there was 
a long period of time. And sometimes there still are periods of time when, you know, we don't see her smile at all Mm. and where she's really, really struggling um, with some of her anxiety and um, just all of the things that she struggles with. So when she smiles, even when she's kind of doing her ornery little naughty smile, (laughs) I never take it for granted. I might be a little annoyed or frustrated Uh by it. Um, but I just, it brings me so much joy to see her happy. To see her happy and smiling. And then, you know, she's in a good spot when she's got that smile on the face, then, you know, she is happy. Well, you know, being 16, we're at the age where we start looking at the future. Yes. What's going to happen? School's going to be out in a few years. And so when you think about her future, what is it that really concerns you when you think about that? But then maybe there's some things that excite you when you think about her future. What are some of those things? One of the things that really concerns me for her is what happens when she completely loses her vision. Um, her condition is degenerative. Um, and she's already lost complete vision in one eye. And even though she can't see much, she makes very good use of the vision that she has. And she really relies on that. Um, and her, her world is so small anyways, in so many ways. So I, I worry about that, creating a smaller word for her. Mm-hmm. And then also as all of us with special needs children, um, just concerns about, you know, what is the future going to look like for her? Yeah. You know, yeah. who's going to take care of her mm-hmm. when we can't do that anymore. Those things that we all, all think about yeah. um, can get really scary if we mm-hmm. let our mind go go too far out. Um, but the things that excite me, um, I, I love seeing her mature and grow, um, seeing her interests change. Um, I'm excited about, um, you know, what God's going to do for her in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he has provided for us every step of the way yeah. and that whatever is going to happen for her in the future, he's, he's going to provide for her needs. So I'm excited to see mm. how that works out. And I also love um, seeing her when she is around um, people her age or young adults, um, when she has that opportunity to interact with them and they're able to do um, some fun activities with her mm-hmm. and take her to do things that she enjoys, it's much different than when I take her to do right. those things. Right. And so I really, um, really enjoy watching that and seeing her have opportunities to do those things. Well, when you see those opportunities, you know, is there a story that stands out about someone maybe outside of your family? who really saw Junie for, for who she is and like got and understood her? I think we have so many examples of that over the years. Um, it's hard to pinpoint just one. She is really blessed with a very good extended village and a group of teachers and support staff um, who really get Junie and see um, how funny she is and how unique she is. And, um, they really just love being around her. We've had our share of people who just can't work with Junie. It, it mm-hmm. takes a special person, um, a special personality, I think, to be able to to work with her. And some people, frankly, were afraid to work yeah. with her because her needs were so great. She's made a lot of progress over the years. And, um, and so just with her village, I think, has made such a huge difference. And there are just so many people who really absolutely love Junie. Mm. Um, she just graduated from middle school and her teacher and I just sobbed. Her teacher was said, I don't know what it's going to be like without mm. Junie um, because I just can't imagine my classroom without yeah. her. So that just really, you know, makes 
my mama heart feel mm. so good. Um, but the instances that really stick out to me are the times when uh, a stranger has come yeah. along beside. And so I can think of one particular instance when we were at Walgreens and Jenny had a meltdown and it was a pretty intensive meltdown and I was able to get her to the car and we were able to get out safely and I buckled her in and I turned around and another mom had followed me out and just gave me a big hug. And I mean, that just, yeah, I mean, it makes me emotional to think about it Mm -hmm. now because it was like, I see you, I see what you're doing is hard, but you did it and you, Mm -hmm. and you did it well. Um, I had another incident when we went into a store, I don't even remember what it was for. And, and the, the storekeeper asked if he could pray with us. Um, so just those little God moments mm-hmm. when somebody sees you yeah. and um, you don't feel like you're being judged, yeah. but you feel like you're really being seen. And doesn't that just change your whole, you know, that moment that you're in and your child's having a meltdown and all the stress and all the feelings and anxiety that you, that are going on right, right there. But for that, that person to come to you and acknowledge you and see you and not judge you. Yes. You know, it just... It's, it's life-giving. And so that, what a reminder for all of us when we see other families or people in those situations to do the same thing, you know? So beautiful. For sure. Well, I know, okay, you and I are both solo parents, and we've used that term on the podcast before. But for those who are new to that term, you know, uh, there's a lot of parents who are single parents, but they're co-parenting with someone, you know, with, with their ex-spouse uh, but then there's some of us who have lost a spouse uh, through death or some where there's just the, the other parent is just not involved at all. And so you're solo parenting. You're making all the decisions by yourself. And, you know, I've been a solo parent for six years now. I think for you, it's been what, about 10? Is that right? It has been 13, 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, when you when you don't have that person to bounce things off of, that can be hard. Um, But when you, you know, I know for me, I've had so many people who have come alongside and helped me on this journey. What about you? Have you had certain situations where people have come alongside and helped you as you're, you know, a solo parent raising Junie with her disabilities? When I look back now, I mean, there were plenty of times where I felt like I was all alone. Um, And still there are times when I feel all alone. But when I look back over the course of our lives and the course of Junie's lives, I can see where God has placed time and time again, the right person or the right group of people or the right place or the right circumstance for Junie, whether it, you know, is our family, whether it's a friend, whether it's a caregiver or a teacher, um, over and over and over again, he has provided, even at times when I was not in in the best place or mm-hmm. in the best um, relationship with God or even mm-hmm. seeking Him out. Even before I was asking, He was providing. And don't you love that? That yes. even though yes. you're not seeking, He is. Yes, and that makes me so much more confident in her future mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, where I know that sure it's a little scary for me, but mm-hmm. I know that He's got this yeah. and He's got her, and that she's going to be okay. And that when the time comes, the right people will be there. And what a gift that is, because, you know, that's, that's you know, in this disability space, that's every parent's worst nightmare. It's like, what's going to happen to our children when we're gone? And when we already have lost, when, when our children have already lost one parent, 
then boy, there's some sleepless nights sometimes about that, you know, especially early on for me. I would just remember having a meltdown one time, just like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? But then you have those reminders of no, God's never left us. He's always been there and he will provide for our kids, even if we're not there. So I love that you are at that place of knowing and seeing that God's going to do that. I love that too, because it took a really long time to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's still a, it's still a battle. It's still a, you like, you have to remind yourself yeah. frequently Yeah, um, that you have to look back and say, he provided for you then mm-hmm. he's providing for you now. He'll provide for you yeah. in the future. So true. Well, it sounds like you have had so many people who have come alongside, who've got your family, who have just really rallied behind you. But I am sure, and maybe it's more out in public or, you know, different places. I'm sure there've been times that people have misunderstood your daughter, misunderstood you. I see you laughing. (laughs) I think we all have those moments. But, you know, I'm sure there've been times people have misunderstood your family. And so what would you want them to know about you, about Junie, about your family? I think uh, people misunderstand us just as special needs families. Anyways, I think they look at us a lot of the time and say, well, I could never do that. I don't, mm. I don't know how you do that. Right. It's something I hear a lot. I don't know how you do it. And um, the truth of it is that we just do it. We're just mm-hmm. a family like any other family. And we have to do all the same things that other families have to do. I have to do the laundry. I have to clean the house. I have to pay the bills. Just like anybody else, it's just maybe it's um, extreme parenting Mm -hmm. at times. Um, It might look a little bit differently. You know, we're going to therapy instead of going to a ball game. Um, And in our developmental milestones, you know, we may never get past a lot of them. And it's going to be going on forever. There's not going to be an end date to this. Um, So I I think that is is something that people, they, they look at us and they think that they just like we're some kind of superhuman or have some superpowers or something that allows us to be able to do this. Um, and I also think, you know, Jenny is a very, very unique and very odd child and she likes very odd things. Um, so I, we do get a lot of really funny looks mm. sometimes that she's, you know, sticking her head down a drain or <laughs> checking out the toilets wherever we go. Those are things that she's very interested in. Yeah. Um, and I kind of have learned to just put on blinders to those kinds mm-hmm. of things. It wasn't mm-hmm. early on, you know, you're always, when you live in a multicultural family, you're always on display mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah, right. And then you add on special needs. And as Junie gets older, the special needs are much more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not hidden at all. Right. Um, you're always going to get looks, but, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't even hardly notice that anymore. Yeah. Well, that's good that you, you're able to turn that off and for, for that not to um, be so hurtful. Because, I, I, you know, I remember, especially in those early days, how hurtful that can be, you know, on this journey. But I think as you've gotten, if you've gone along, you've just kind of seen this is our family, accept us for who we are. And, uh, you know, what a great place to be at. I'm sure it's easier some days than others. Some days are much harder than others. And I, I find that I have to put so much of my energy into um, holding my breath sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to your make tongue. sure. <laughs> yes, that biting my tongue for sure. But then also making sure that the environment is conducive to Junie mm-hmm. um, and, and watching out for anything that could possibly 
um, you know, cause her to get upset mm-hmm. or feel uncomfortable or have a behavior. And so my energy is too focused on that to be mm-hmm. worried about, about what other people think, what other people are yeah. thinking. Yeah. Well, I know with being a solo parent, having a daughter with special needs and you're a preschool teacher. Yes. Uh, we'll get that to that in just a second. But, you know, I know there have got to be some really chaotic days. You know, you're trying to juggle everyone and everything. And so what brings you peace on those crazy chaotic days? Oh, that's a tough one. Sometimes I just have to stop. I have to just stop and take a breath. Um, a lot of times it's music. I'm not a musical person at all, mm-hmm. but I do love music and I love to listen to Christian music. So sometimes I just need to, if I can't turn the music on because it's disturbing Junie for that day or whatever, then I just have to, I have to play it in my, in my head. Mm. Um, sometimes just a little short prayer of, you know, God, I need, I need you to help bring me down here a little bit. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me to, um, to feel better and to, to move past this chaotic moment and then uh, I do a lot of reminding myself that this is just for today. Mm. Um, you know, there was a period of time when it was it was chaos and it was, um, you know, self-abuse and some really dark, dark days. Um, and we made it through those in the past. So I can, I can handle one chaotic mm. day. Wow. Yes, remembering all those times that God's shown up or every day that you've made it through, you know, that's just a reminder of, okay, I can do today. I've already done yes. really, really, you yes. know, I say that a lot. It's like, I've already done some really, really hard things in my life and we're still going. So, you know, that's those reminders that you can keep going and keep, keep doing the hard, um, just keeps you going someday. Sometimes that's, that's, sure. that's all you need. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mentioned that you're a preschool teacher, but you're, it's a preschool, you're a special ed teacher, right? In preschool? Yes. Yes. I'm a special education teacher. Um, and most of my career has been with preschoolers. And so did you choose special ed all along or did you shift to special ed once you had uni? What was that journey? I, I never wanted to be a teacher. That okay. was the last thing I wanted there to do. My undergraduate was in psychology. Um, so becoming a teacher came along later. Um, I was a teacher before Juni. Um, I had this uh, misguided feeling that being a special education preschool teacher somehow um, prepared me for, for being Junie's mom. And it did not. (laughs) I was, I was still just as um, kind of in the dark as anybody else starting out on this journey. I think the only benefit that it gave me in the beginning was that I was not afraid of the IEP process. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had that, but I struggled for a very long time with the feeling of, you know, this is what I'm trained to do and this is what I do every day. And I'm talking to other parents about what they should do yeah. with their child. And here's my child and I have no clue. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. We're really struggling. Um, this is really, really hard. But I also look back at that now and know without a doubt that God put me on that path to be a special education teacher so that I would be ready to be Junie's mom mm-hmm. and that I would be open to being Junie's mom and and to be the best possible mom that I could yeah. be for her. Well, how does being Junie's mom impact you as a teacher when you're dealing with parents? You've got preschool parents who are just getting diagnoses a lot of times and dealing with all the emotions and all the things that go along with that. And so I'm sure that that has impacted the way that you interact with the families that you deal with. 
I, I hope that it has. I can't imagine that it hasn't. I personally, I, I feel that it has. Like I understand where they're coming from. I understand their fears. I know that that early diagnosis and how scary it is and how, you know, you're worried about what's your child's future going to look like and am I doing the right things now? And, you know, you're just getting so bombarded by all of these things coming at you at one time. And then here's these people saying, you know, send your child to school. And you're thinking, I don't want to send my child to school. I'm not sure if I can do that. It's really scary. Um, So I definitely think that that's helped me to relate to those feelings um, a little bit more. I I tend to, I I see immediately when the parents are starting to get a little teary eyed Mm. or, you know, you just push the box tissues along and, um, you know, just really try to walk beside them in that journey. And then I also, because I have that personal experience of, I know what it's like to walk into an IEP meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, Jenny's 16, we've done lots and lots of IEP meetings for her. And I still, every time I go into her IEP meeting, my heart races, I get nervous. Mm -hmm. I have a difficult time, you know, with my composure Mm -hmm. and, um, so I know what that feels like. And and I'm going in there knowing the process. Like yeah. an IEP is not something new to me. It's mm-hmm. not scary to me. Um, I'm not trying to learn all the terminology. You know, I'm co-workers with half of the people that are working with her. So, um, so I understand the parent's perspective of how intimidating it is to be sitting there at the table mm-hmm. with all of those people trying to tell you about your child. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally different spaces because I used to teach and I would sit on the teacher side of the IEP mm-hmm. meeting and then moving to the parent side. You know, it's it's a totally different ball game. But yes. I'm sure, you know, for the for those parents to know you get it and understand that that can bring them peace as they're going into their meetings as well. And that you can bring, like I said, that that comfort of going, you know what, I get it and I understand and know where they're coming from you know, as well. And so, you know, the way that you and I met was through our online communities that we offer through Rising Above. You are in, I think, the Thursday night group. Is that right? And also the Monday night group. Whoa. Wow. Okay. You're in the Monday night group and the Thursday night group. And then you and I meet on Sundays every couple of weeks as well. And so um, you have been just all in here with our community groups, which is amazing. And so... How has being a part of that community with other moms, how has that impacted you? It has truly been life-giving for me. Um, You know, we live a very simple life in our house. I say it's simply complicated um, because our lives are very complicated, (laughs) but we also live a very, very simple, very routine, very structured life within our four walls. And, you know, that can be very isolating, especially as a solo parent, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have uh, somebody else that you're, you're walking this journey with on a daily basis. And, um, so I was feeling very, very isolated. And so coming through rising above through, um, during COVID and, um, finding by the brook and then coming into the first community group on Thursday night. And that just happened to be, that was the only time I could get there. Mm -hmm. Jenny was in bed And so that was the time that I was able to do a group. And that group of ladies just became family. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that just became so life-giving to me that when another group opened up that I was able to um, attend, I thought, well, I'm going to try another group because Mm -hmm. this is really 
um, made such a difference in, in my life. And, and same thing, that group of ladies has um, become very, very important to me. Um, you know, I think about them during the day. I, I pray mm-hmm. about, pray for them mm-hmm. and their circumstances throughout the week. And I know that they're doing the same for me and then the same for the, you know, the communion groups. A lot of us are, are unable mm-hmm. to go to church because of our, our children's needs. And so to find that community of, you know, like-minded individuals mm-hmm who understand, uh, you don't have to explain things yeah. to them. Um, and, and we're just all so happy to see each other every week and to talk about each other's weeks and, you know, talk about the, the Bible study that we're working on. It really has been life-changing for me. And I mean, it's so amazing to me because, you know, the, a lot of the moms in my group, I've, you know, some of them this year I've gotten to meet actually in person, which has been amazing. But, you know, we're there's many that I have not met in person, and yet they're some of my dearest friends. Um, we have a mutual friend, you and I, with our friend Mata in Boston, and you and I, neither one have met her, but she is near and dear to both of our hearts, you know. Absolutely. And when Absolutely. she's got things going on or we've got things going on, we're all praying for each other and just um, can reach out and go, I'm having a really hard day today, or this is going on, or this is exciting, whatever it is. And to, to have that community, even though it's virtual, which a lot of people think, you know, that, that, that you can't really have true community virtually. But I think we have seen that, yes, you can. Yes, absolutely. Because I, there are things that I share with them that I don't share with anybody mm-hmm. who's, yeah, you know, who I see every day or um, because there's just, a, it's a different life than they're, and they're all living this life and they're all coming to that community for the same reason, yeah. because they needed community and, and it's okay that it's virtual. Sure. We would love to be able to reach out and hug each other sometimes, mm-hmm. especially yeah. some of those really tough days. Um, but it really is life giving and uplifting to know um, that they are, they are out there mm-hmm. and that they're, you know, they're living this same life differently, yeah. but that, that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very big part of it is knowing that you're not alone. Yeah. So huge. Um, and I know, you know, you're, you're 16 years down this journey of having your daughter and knowing, you know, learning and dealing with the, the, the disabilities and things that she has, has faced. So what are some of the things that you have learned as a, I mean, in the majority of those years, you've been a solo parent doing this on your own. And so what are some of the things that you have learned that you would want to pass on to another parent who's maybe just starting out on this journey um, who is going to be raising a child with disabilities? Uh, first of all, it's a marathon. So be prepared for it to be a marathon. Just take one day at a time and try not to spend too much time focusing on what's going to happen next. Um, you have enough to deal with in that one day, sometimes mm-hmm. in that one moment, and you just have to have to, to do that. And then um, I think, you know, I can do all things through Christ mm-hmm. who strengthens me. And that's something that I've learned more along the journey because as we started early on in our journey, um, it wasn't that I was away from God, but I wasn't with God. I wasn't right. actively seeking God out. And so as the journey got tougher and we went through some really difficult times in our life, um, you know, I was kind of struggling through those times alone and I didn't need to be mm-hmm. because he was always there. And so the closer that I've drawn to him over time, the 
the easier the journey has become. It's still not easy. It's a very mm-hmm. challenging journey, but it's not, um, it doesn't overtake me mm-hmm. anymore. When there was a period of time when I thought, you know, I don't know if I can yeah. keep this up. I don't know if I can continue on this journey. And, and thankfully, you know, through his grace, he's always provided for us whatever we need mm-hmm. along the way. We've all, not always be what we want, yeah. Um, a lot of the times, maybe it wasn't what I wanted or what I asked for. Um, but over time, I've seen it's always been what we need. And um, one of the most profound things, I think, during COVID, I read this somewhere um, in a newspaper um, about, and it was a, a preacher who had written it, that, you know, what if God's answer to your prayer was that what you used to want, you don't want anymore. Mm. And that really, really spoke to me mm-hmm. because I thought about all of the things that, um, you know, that we lost over the years or all of the, some of the struggles that we had been through and some of the things that I wanted, you know, some of the things that I had expected and wanted and um, had hoped for that hadn't happened. And over time, those things became so much less important to me. Mm. Yeah. And um, our, our world became smaller, but what was really important became much more mm-hmm. in focus. Yeah. And, and I was okay with that. And it took a long time to get there. So good. So true. So often those things we think we want and that we need actually, like, I love that thought of just that that mindset gets shifted and it's like, nope, we're good, you know. Yes. So great. So Jennifer, you've been through a lot in your journey. There's a lot in your story and there's, you know, I know many, many things that we have not even scratched the surface on today, but you know, you're smiling, you're, you're, you're doing good. And so I would just, I mean, what are ways that you have found to rise above your circumstance and to find joy in your story? I think letting go, letting, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of a, it's an opposite but how do you rise above? You rise above by letting go of, you know, what my expectations were and what I, how I thought things should be and maybe what I wanted and accepting what is mm. like accepting Junie for who she is and, you know, accepting the challenge that we have at the time and, and then moving on and being careful not to, um, compare ourselves to other people and, and see the life that they're living and, and then be longing for, well, I, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, they, they get to do this. Well, we can't, that's yes. just not capable for, for us. And, and it's, it's a struggle. It's a conscious effort. I had to, it's a conscious effort to, to be grateful and to let go of, of some of those things. Um, but it's so freeing mm. when you do. And and the community groups and Rising Above have been a huge part of that for me um, over my journey, especially over the past few years. Um, and, and it's still, it's a daily, it's a daily journey um, where I'm, you know, working towards growing closer to the Lord. I still have a long way to go, but I, I think just being in that community, being with everybody and being accepting of this is where we are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, has been, has been a huge, huge part of that for me. Mm. Well, Jennifer, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today, for sharing part of your journey with us. And I'm just so grateful for you and grateful to be able to call you a friend. Well, thank you, Becky. I'm just really thankful for you and for rising above and for, for all that you do. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.